Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And today you're joining us for our recap and discussion of A Court of Silver Flames, book five in A Court of Thorns and Roses. We're there. We did all of A Court of Thorns and Roses. We got through <laughs> it, man. Um. Okay, so I hardly got any notes together for this at all. And I, <laughs> I remember this book. But I want you to give me like, give me the elevator pitch. Like, tell me, we're going to do a whole recap and everything, everybody. We do it every time, but just kind of refresh my memory again. So Nesta is basically training with Cassian for the bulk of this thing, right? It's a thicken. And yes, that is a lot of that covers a solid like 60% of the book. So it goes like this. Nesta is pushing everyone away, basically living this not sober, drunken, gambly, seedy lifestyle. And then her friends get together, do a little like, um, you need to get better speech, basically. Yeah, intervention, thank yeah. you. And then uh, she's forced to start training with Cassian and kind of sober up. And through that, she makes new friends, starts training, finds herself, gets over the uh, huge amount of guilt and trauma that she has in her past and faces some challenges that through the help of her new friends and their like shared trauma um, kind of grow together and support each other and overcome some pretty significant uh, challenges. Yeah, um, I feel like this this book for sure was my turning point for Nesta. Yeah. You know, because up until this book, I was like, geez, Nesta. And even in the earlier episodes that you and I were doing, you were kind of like, what is up with her? Oh, my God. And I was like, Chad, it's like you haven't read the whole thing yet. You don't yeah. know what's going on. What do you think now? Like, what's your what's your I opinion? will say I was too harsh on her. Well, no, I was exactly appropriately harsh, but knowing with the information that I had, because yeah. here was my thing is I kept being told that Nesta was people's favorite character and like people really loved her. And I was like. At no point during this story has she ever been anything other than a total bully jerk. Like she's always been sour and just like has a bad attitude about everything when people are trying to be nice to her. And it's not like she's the only one dealing with trauma here. She's just like resentful and terrible. And so I kept being like, what? How is this person your favorite? I wouldn't want to hang out with this person. You know, she's going to like walk by a milk and curdle it, you know, uh, but now that I've been inside of her brain, I came around to Nesta, and I actually really like her. Yeah, uh, Moss is so good with trauma. There's so many things that happen in these books that are absolutely terrible for everybody. There's individual yeah. things that happen that are absolutely terrible for those individuals, but there are things that happen to the whole group that just mess them all up. And it's such a good depiction of how, even if it is the same thing, people are way different and they respond to this these kinds yeah. of triggers and they respond to this kind of stuff so much differently because of other things that they had going on in their lives so not nesta is like a really good like character study on that yeah like everyone gets handed the same egg but they all put it in different baskets and it's like someone's got an omelet someone's got a little scramble over here and like some of them you know like i was being a little like okay you nesta have not Yes, you've been through some trauma, some some pretty major horrific trauma. But like comparatively to Farah and even Elaine, I kind of put her on the lower spectrum of the trauma she's been through. But you're responding to it like way worse and you're terrible about it and rejecting everyone. But now I know the guilt the that she was placing upon her own shoulders and the kind of the suffering that she was going through internally um, with like self-worth and, and that whole get up. So 
I forgave her and accepted her for who she was. It's a cool book. I remember I remember liking this book, but I thought it was too long. I think it that's was way it's too really long. long. Yeah. There's like three different girls' nights with like bubble baths and stuff. It's like that's <laughs> great, mean... but man, come on, you know? Yeah. Especially coming lot. off the last book, which was basically just like shopping for your friends. Yeah. Yeah. This book, um, it felt a little like self-indulgent. Especially I mean, like <laughs> yeah. also, I mean, damn. The the sex scenes are ratcheted up. Oh so much. my goodness. Like it, uh, there were a few scenes I was like <laughs> checking my windows to make sure that they were fully closed. Cause I have like neighbor kids that play yeah. in the yard right outside my window. And sometimes I'm like, hear them out there and I'm like, Oh yeah. goodness. But yeah. In the first book, you know, we have this like subtle, like kind of this coy tension going on, you know, a lot of edging. And then in this book, it was just like, it's just, cock like, <laughs> like i can't i cannot even say I, I can't even describe it on here because it wouldn't be appropriate i'm sure for some of our listeners i mean i just said the word cock really loud yeah, but i mean, I mean people know what they're listening yeah it's to, not yeah it's, it's not. um i mean so I think it's a mix of a couple different things. And after this, we'll, we'll get right into the recap and we'll go into a much larger discussion on some of the specifics of this book. But um, I think it's like a mix of Sarah J. Moss kind of hearing out her fans and saying, all right, let's go for it. Let's just, you know, let's turn it up. Let's turn up the heat a little bit. And I think also uh, because it's from Nesta's perspective, like Nesta and Feyre are different. They've got different temperaments. It's just a different person that maybe sees sex in a, a little bit differently or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... We, we couldn't have the same sex scenes with a different no. person. You know what I mean? And, even, and I'm glad uh, she switched it up. Yeah. I mean, even um, Feyre and Resen's sex scenes are different than Feyre and Tamlin's were. So yes. we, we got to switch it up a little bit. You know, like Nesta's a completely different person. Cassian's a completely different person. Oh, my God. I love Cassian so much. I love Cassian. He's, He's so cool. He, I mean... I want to say that Lucian was my favorite, but I haven't seen him say a sentence in two <laughs> books. So like, Lucian's man, done. there's any character that's just been done dirty. It was Lucian. He's been nothing but like a good guy he's since he came with um, Feyre. And yeah. he's just been rejected by the group. He even like shows up to their winter solstice and Reese like specifically doesn't get him a present. And he just kind of sulks in the corner, like feeling yeah. sorry for himself as he really should. I felt sorry for him. I was like, and he does all these errands and puts himself in danger for them. And he's like trying and they don't even care at all. There's yeah. a couple of characters that kind of get done dirty in my mind. I think Moss does this weird thing. Um, she's really good with some characters, but for others, she's just kind of like, that's the way they are now forever. Or at forever. least it seems that way. I mean, there's more books coming out and stuff. And, um, you know, once the sixth book comes out or whatever, I'm sure we'll give it a read and we'll talk about it and stuff. But um, like Lucian and Tamlin is specifically for me. It's just kind of like, oh, cool. So we're just not going to round that out at all. Like, it's just, all right, whatever, I guess. I'm so you know. glad you brought up Tamlin because my yeah. one of my biggest problems with Sarah J. Moss is like she, her, her characters and her emotional feelies are amazing. But she's presented so many times with these opportunities to take a character who's in kind of a, a bad place or has some negative aspects to them she has this opportunity to take them through this growth arc that would be really meaningful and cool to have them like come out the other end like a changed better person who like grew and evolved and they she doesn't do that they just, they just stay yeah. they plateau that forever like tamlin will always be the character that we can just like spit on because like f that dude well, like, I mean, man, maybe, maybe could though. Have been but, this cool arc, you know, like. But this could be a, a, the same case as like with King Killer, where 
we don't have all the material yet. So I mean, True maybe that. Sarah J. Moss has like a big giant like whiteboard in her house that's just tons Before of different book, colored markers Nesta. and yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's easy to say that, but like from right. the information that we've got to hand, I totally agree with you. I mean, she can't write a million pages, obviously, but just right. You can think. I don't know. Just, yeah, maybe like on, don't like, have Pharaoh like send him a text. Like I don't. Know, it was just, uh. I don't really care that much about like Tamlin is one thing um, for sure, but like Lucian, come on. There's yeah, gotta be some more in there. So for... good. And like, okay, they found out in what book three that Lucian's dad, who he has like major family problems because his dad like killed his fiance like right in front of him with his brothers that are evil, kind of. And uh, they figure out that what's his name? It sounds like Helium, Helion, Helion. Yeah, um, it's actually he's his dad. Probably Lucian's dad. And then they never mention that again ever. And they see Lucian multiple times. Like, why wouldn't you tell your friend? Like, hey, you know that like actual devil that you thought was your parent? Like, it's not him. Hey. Um, all right, let's do a recap. I want to keep okay. talking about this, but uh, we could we could go on that for a while. We could go on for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, okay, last thing on the on the thing, and then I'll do the recap. Yeah, I feel like Stina Nelson, who does the audiobooks uh, and does a very good job reading them. But I feel like for book one, she was like, oh, I'm super into like reading like some soft core like romance scenes. And by book five, she was like, oh, Sarah, you know, like my mom like listens to these. <laughs> you know? I'm sure she had fun with it. Yeah, oh, I'm oh, sure she Oh, she she did. In fact, I have some comments on that, too. We'll, we'll get to that later. Let me do the recap. Cool. Let's go. The novel opens shortly after the Court of Frost and Starlight ends. Nesta continues to alienate the Night Court and her two sisters. She is still traumatized by her past, the death of her father, and being forcibly changed from human to fae. Also, she blames herself for being unable to protect Elaine, her sister, from a similar transformation. Worried and exhausted by her drunken escapades, her friends and sisters stage an intervention. They give her an ultimatum. She can be dropped off in the human lands to fend for herself, or move into Reese's castle overlooking the city called the House of the Wind. At the House of Wind, she is no longer allowed to drink, and if she wants to continue her drunken lifestyle, she must traverse the 10,000 steps down to the city, a feat of amazing endurance. In the beginning, she does the bare minimum, attempting to thwart any attempts at actually doing what is asked of her. We finally get to see things from her perspective and learn that Nesta is overwhelmed with self-hatred and blames herself for failing to save Elaine from being turned into a fae, as well as for not saving her father from being killed by the King of Highburn. She secretly believes she isn't worthy of love and pushes away everyone who reaches out to her. After some time, Cassian, the battle-hardened war veteran and leader of the Night Court's military forces, is able to coax Nesta into a daily training regimen. When the going gets rough, she repeatedly attempts the stairs so she can drown her self-hate and drink. But her poor physical condition makes her unable to master the 10,000 steps to the city below, forcing her to give up time and time again. The House of Wind is also the sanctuary for priestesses who are physically and mentally abused during the war with Hyvern and have retreated to the court library inside the house to pursue their studies in peace. In addition to training with Cassian, Nesta is also expected to help the priests out in the vast library, sorting and organizing books each afternoon. She eventually makes friends with a young priestess named Gwyn, who teaches her the mind-quieting techniques and battle tactics of the legendary Valkyrie, 
The Valkyries were an elite force of formidable female warriors who were all killed in a battle 500 years earlier. Still suffering and troubled, but steadily improving and seeing the benefit her training is having, she places a sign-up sheet for the women in the library to come join her and Cassian in their training. Many of the women inside haven't stepped outside in years and live their lives in fear, unable to overcome the horrific traumas of their past. Eventually, Gwyn signs up and begins training with her. Through helping others, she turns a corner and begins improving much faster. Hope is returning, though her old self clings to her guilt, continuously poisoning her thoughts with lies, telling her she is worthless and never will be deserving of kindness or love from another. As their training continues, more and more priestesses join, and they begin to form a tight bond. Gwyn and Nesta begin to revive and incorporate the practices of the Valkyries. They are soon joined by a shopkeeper named Emery, who lives among the misogynistic Illyrian race of male warriors and wants control of her own life. During her months of training, Nesta forms a bond with Gwyn, Emery, and the House of Wind, learning that it is actually sentient. The house shares books with her and provides companionship for her, as she is still stuck in the house, unable to conquer the steps to town. Meanwhile, the night court is in a panic, as they discovered that Feyre's baby has wings, making the birth a certain death sentence for both Feyre and the babe. Nesta and Cassian's relationship heats up, and they begin seeing each other, though they refuse to make anything official or consider themselves a couple. Cassian doesn't wish to rush her, and Nesta still considers herself unworthy of love. They make love countless times, however, and are clearly well-suited for each other their passion quickly exceeding a casual fling. Nesta continues to recover and begins to become a formidable warrior. Her Valkyrie friends continue training alongside her, all of them working to support each other through their growth. During a girl's night, Nesta, Gwyn, and Emery are kidnapped by Illyrian soldiers who refuse to acknowledge the Valkyries as true warriors. They are forced by the bonds of ancient magic to participate in the Illyrian blood rite, the male soldiers hoping to prove that females can't compete and shouldn't be considered Illyrian warriors. The group is faced with constant struggle and certain death. When the soldiers aren't trying to kill them, the monsters that lurk in the wilderness and the cold, harsh climate of winter in the mountains present them with trial after trial. Time and time again, they prove their worth by working to support each other and overcome the odds together. They end up not only surviving, but being one of the few groups to ever complete the rite. Nesta sacrificing herself so the other two can get to the top of the mountain and claim victory. Nesta has a wild last stand, slaying many enemies and giving her friends the time they need to get to the top of the mountain. But exhausted and wounded, she faces a highly trained soldier who is fresh, having sent the many members of his group before him to tire and wound her. She is saved by Cassian, and Nesta learns to accept his love and her own self-worth. She not only admits to the fey bond between Cassian and her, committing herself to him and him to her, but then she uses her cauldron powers to stop time and save Feyre and her babe from certain death during childbirth. After winning the blood rite, the Valkyries are accepted into the fighting forces of the Illyrian army. Nesta saves her friends, Feyre, her infant child, and herself, no longer considering herself unworthy of love, knowing the path to recovery to be a long road ahead of her, but now possessing the confidence that she can overcome the trauma of her past. The book ends with Nesta having friends to call her own, her lover and mate Cassian steadfast at her side, and for the first time, faces the future with hope, 
sure of her contribution as a worthy member of the Night Court, no longer doubting her own worth and continuing to help others realize theirs. I've, I've, I don't know if I'm the first person to say this, but it's one of my like best quotes that I think I've ever come up with. And it's probably not even me. I probably heard it from somebody else, which is like, if you can't help yourself, help somebody else. Yeah. Cause it really absolutely. helps you. And she is like a perfect example of this. She's like really struggling with Cassie and like, she's doing all right and she's getting better, but still little things set her off. She freaks out time and time again when everyone's like, she's doing better. And then all of a sudden she goes ballistic on everybody and kind of like goes into her just default, like push everyone away um, mode. And then she, once the real turning point for her is when she puts up that post in the library and like realizing the positive effect that the training with Cassian is having on her and her own self-confidence and self-worth, she like offers it to others and then really starts trying to like help them out and through helping them ends up like helping herself. And I think, and not only that, but like gaining friends and like support partners, you know? So I just really liked that was probably my my favorite part of the story, actually. I really like that. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts, too, because obviously all the work that she's doing with Cassian is great, but it's very hit or miss sometimes. And it's she's kind of stumbling through it. And so is, mm -hmm. I mean, so is Cassian to a, to a certain extent. But once she kind of starts recruiting other people into it, that's, in my opinion, the real turning point there. Uh, I mean, actually... The real turning point is when her and Cassie are, are, are on that hike. On that mountain. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty big scene for sure. That's a big scene. Though I, I have to say, I kind of felt like uh, Moss milked it a little bit because after that scene, <laughs> she has a major regression again. And it's like, what? But I mean, you know, you can't, you don't just solve your issues by like crying once about it. You know, it helps a lot. It's a good, healthy thing to do, but it's so it's so much more of a process than that and moss crushed it there i mean that's how yeah. it goes i mean like i i don't think i've ever had like a crying spell or like a super emotional day and just been like you know what i'm i'm cool now yeah, i'm forever. fully over like, this yeah, <laughs> i have just, like i've become self-actualized here yeah. we go i'm gonna start being so cool to everybody even if i think i'm going to i don't really like I mean, <laughs> We it depends yeah uh so i have a question for you and it's has nothing to do with nesta or cassian what do you think is going on with like the whole asriel elaine thing and that kind of leads into another question i have but i want to hear your asriel thoughts on that. elaine thing i don't think that they're mates because i think that Re uh, that lucian and elaine are mates yeah i mean lucian it's like very clearly mentioned earlier asriel and elaine seem to have like and correct me if i'm wrong because it's been a little bit since i've read this but asriel and elaine seem to have like kind of a brother sister kind of thing like uh, asriel seems to like have taken elaine literally under his un wing, under his wing. <laughs> yeah literally yeah. i don't know if I, that's why i wanted your opinion because it's like it felt to me at first like that's what moss was doing was it was going to be a romantic thing but it doesn't quite feel like that either i don't know i just wanted to pick your brain about that or Man, did you just I, like not notice it at all? I, I did not notice it at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, if there was one thing, well, there's a few things that I w w weren't my favorite in this book, but like, I didn't really see, like, it seemed like, you know, it was all about Nesta overcoming and like becoming more, but n it's apparently two people in this world can't simultaneously grow because Elaine was just like, I felt like she was just stale this whole time. She's kind of been ever since she got turned into a fae and like lost her like perfect 
fiance, like romance, like fairy tale situation that she had in her brain. She's just kind of been a little mopey and like sad about everything, just being like, I just want to garden and read, you know. Yeah, and like totally. I, I get it. Like she yeah. totally got messed up and like, you know, major trauma. But like there's no like everyone was really trying to help Nesta and like no one was like hey elaine how you doing like not once she shows up like a few times maybe but i just don't really remember her that's cool we don't have to get too too into that i was just curious on your thoughts on that i have another question here for you uh wasn't there like some kind of weird scene where resand reacted in a really intense way to nesta unveiling some sort of information about their unborn baby again with her uh with sarah j moss's kind of propensity to or habit of making a character extremely one-sided like this character is that thing in this book reese was protective he's very like, protective that's it and like he's like not really thinking about anything else it's just like i'm protecting Farah, but also like protecting her emotionally from this information which i thought was an it was just it was dumb for a bunch of reasons and then also kind of out of character because They've been really honest with each other from day one, and it seemed really weird. And he was like, "Like if you don't take Nesta out of this city, like I'm gonna rip her to pieces." Like he was like very upset, you know. And I was like, "Man, I don't know." Like Nesta wasn't like threatening the baby or anything, no. right? Like she, no. What what happened was she was in a conversation with Feyre and somebody else, and there was like it was kind of like a negative thing going on, and she threw the information in her face, kind of like, "Well, yeah, well." Oh, oh, she learned that everyone like voted on whether or not she could was going to be told about the three magic swords that she created or something and whether or not she was going to like be able to use them or something. And then she was like, you guys like voted on me. She was like, well, at least like my husband isn't hiding things from me because you got a baby that will kill you inside of you. Right. Because because uh, Farah isn't supposed to know about yeah. i remember that okay that was wow yeah that was a lot yeah which, <laughs> that was okay a crazy situation that was that was a yeah. dumb situation farah is a shape changer and they like kind of say like yeah she's not allowed to do any shape changing while she's pregnant because obviously yeah. you know but then the major problem is like her body isn't built for being able to birth a baby with wings and it's going to like rip her up. So like maybe if you tell her early on, she can like start studying Illyrian female um, anatomy and like start like isolating. Like obviously she can grow wings so she can shape change just one part of her body. So like have her practice on her hand for a while or something. And then maybe she can like, you know, widen the situation down there or something. Like if she learns early, she could have practiced, but they don't even like try. Like she can yeah. shape change her entire body. And the problem is something needs to come out of her. And it's like, clearly that's the, a good solution, right? Like better than both everyone dying. Yeah. I felt like that situation was really odd and they were kind of like, well, this is it. Yeah. Like, this like is she's what... dead. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, is this situation? But it's like, how about this for one? Hey, okay. I already got one great idea. Here's another super great idea. So you can grab onto someone who can't winnow and winnow, reach up <laughs> in there. Grab the baby's foot and winnow away. Would that, would that work? I don't know. They hold people <laughs> on to people all the time. So yeah. why wouldn't it work by grabbing the baby's foot and just winnowing? Or if, you know, the, if I don't know if the, like if five people are standing in a row, like, and the winnower is just touching the first one, but all the other ones are like linked to that person. Do all five go or just the one that they're holding on to? If it's I just have, the one that they're holding no, on to, yeah. then the baby would stay there. So just winnow her away. And boom, baby's just on the table. Just chill. Someone needs to be there to catch her or something, you know? 
Da-da-da. Uh, another kind of like complaint, I guess, that I have about this book, but you know what? It's it's not really a complaint because I've seen it in so many other things. I mean, this book gave me the biggest Dragon Ball Z vibes uh, <laughs> because because uh, I really I call this I call this like fantasy romance Dragon Ball Z. Our, our heroes are back in this episode, right. and there's a power that's even greater than the last one, dude. And, oh uh, my like, gosh, and, you know what I mean? And so we must go get the next magic artifact. <laughs> and we talked about this at the end of A Court of Wings and Ruin, but like once again, we have just no real main characters in any kind of real danger ever. You know what no. I mean? And maybe this wasn't the book for it because it wasn't this big war. Well, you know what I mean? But it, it's just there was there was okay. There's two points of main danger besides like childbearing and stuff um was one they have to get some item from the swamp always gotta get an item they are grocery shopping (laughs) every book man they're just like running errands that have to be really dangerous (laughs) ones but like it's errand running that's fine That's fine. So go get the cool thing. I want to see him go get the cool thing. I know. So and that that whole scene was ridiculous and hilarious because they're like, we got to find this. I forget what it was. It wasn't there was like a harp and a crown and another thing that they needed to get. And it was the other thing. Maybe a book. I don't remember. But they needed to go. And they're like, it's probably um well, they were like, where could it be? And then they like pull out this map. And of course, they're like, well, we don't know. But like, there's this one area that like the deepest dark magic lives. It's like, I could always <laughs> find their item. Just give me the map. I'll go to the spot that's like most cliche. That it's definitely, and it's definitely going to be there. And then they like fly in. She tries to throw in like inner court politics in there too, but there's so many other things happening. Like there's this whole other story of like them trying to get this, um, at one of the other courts to like be on their side just in case someone else comes back and attacks. I'm not sure exactly. It's like not important, but it kind of is because that's why they're running the errand to go get this item that does something. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so they fly into this swamp. You know, the Amran like pulls out the map and she's like, There's this place of great darkness where only the foulest and most evil ancient evils lurk. Like, man. Of course, it's going to be there. So they go there and they are just like, it's super evil. Like, we don't know what's in there, but it could be. And then once they get there, she like starts asking some questions and they like, because she asked the questions, they're like, oh, yeah, I know there's like a Kelpie there, but we're pretty sure that the Kelpies all died out like thousands of years ago. But if there's any one place, they would be here, which means we're definitely coming across a Kelpie. Um, (laughs) But like, do they tell her that before they go to this super dangerous place and like prepare her? For this thing and it's like deception you know all these creatures work off deception it's like they could just tell her like hey be prepared for this situation kind of like in the first book when they were like keep your eyes peeled but what that actually meant was like there's a creature that will go inside your brain find your most like wanted thing pretend to be that thing to lure you out and consume your soul but they warned her with like keep your eyes peeled it was like that was woefully inadequate of preparation but the but the book needs to happen <laughs> like if, yeah. if, yeah, if, but, the, if, the, if she was too prepared we wouldn't have i mean any, at least tell come, her what she know, might come across oh i'm not making know? excuses i'm like, going was it, right along planned you. snacks you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh but then so they they're flying across and they see like a bunch of fey fighting down there and then cat and this is before nesta has become like a a force on her own you know she's like not really very trained at this point she has to be along for some reason because her magic like links her to the oh she can sense the thing 
She has like a spidey sense for this thing that's in the swamp. So she's brought along and they see these soldiers from another court, like attacking something and they drop her off in a tree and they give her very clear instructions. Like don't leave the tree. (laughs) And like earlier than this, they say like, whatever you do, don't go into the water of the swamp. Oh my she's God, in I'm this remembering tree this now. for like a minute, maybe. And she's like, what if they're dead? What if they're dead? I got to go help them. It's like, no, you're going to be nothing. But like, you're not trained at this point. Like you're a liability. And she climbs down from the tree immediately. Again, going back to book one, then being like, hey, we're having this like fey, like orgy thing that we like might like eat you if you show up please don't go everyone tells her and no and, and then Farah gets on a horse and rides into the middle of the party like ah nesta i guess it runs in the family climbs down from the tree within like a minute uh and she's too brave she's too brave and what does she do she's like well i gotta swim so she just goes into the water and then immediately is facing the kelpie thing that they were like we definitely won't run into those they died a thousand years ago there's one and like almost takes her down i don't even have words for that (laughs) (laughs) you'd think if you really thought that character was that stupid you'd just be like i can't even with this book you know right but you gotta find out like but still for people who have lived thousands of years you want to prepare people before you go into battle they're like you know it's kind of crazy that like our friend group is so small and tight like we never get new friends it's super weird we go on outings <laughs> they always die like yeah because you <laughs> don't tell them anything about the situation they're going into yeah i mean i think i might go as far as to say it's kind of like a it's almost like manufactured you know like mm-hmm. like oh well we got to have, have we got to have things happen you know so yeah. let's <laughs> just Let's just have one of our characters just and it's not even just in these books like people do like authors do this all the time like i'm guilty of doing this in my own stuff that i've written where it's just like well i mean i have to have something happen so i'm just gonna have someone do something stupid you could even make the argument that it's more realistic because people really are that dumb sometimes when they're in i mean if you're if you're like in a tree and you think you could be of any sort of help at all like you chad wouldn't be like assessing your training as as much as you'd be wanting to go help those people and just relying on whatever training you've had you know so i mean i'm staying in the tree at least like 10 or 20 minutes though but what if like i what if you thought i was dying oh yeah but dude if you were like a four thousand year old like warrior yeah you'd be like he probably like, is. Be like, dude, yeah like i am a liability like he's gonna save me the second that you're need yeah, to no, save that's me a good point that's I a good join. point that's a good point i'm yeah. like reading my notes here and i'm like i'm like my friends they always die you know because we never prepare them and then i say i paused to write that last sentence and when when i unpaused the literal next sentence all in caps was hey asriel then Cassian turns around, but Asriel wasn't there. Like, no shit. Of course not. You guys deserve to be in a Sarlacc pit of, like, <laughs> Gogurt snack for a swamp nasty for real. <laughs> you guys could have been buddied up, had, like, a like a rope system, but no, we'll just fly through the super thick fog and expect it all to work out super great. I, can, I know that this book is about Nesta and Cassian, um, but I kind of wanted to, like, bring it back to Resand for just a second. Yeah. Um, I felt myself, I was kind of disappointed with where Resan's character had gone. And we talked about it on, a, on an earlier episode too. And it's just more of the same where he, he seemed like a really complicated character before. 
and he was like really quippy and but really you know he was he was all about giving Feyre the freedom that she had never had right yes and now his entire personality is protecting Feyre. Oh, dude, he's wringing his hands every page of this book. Every single he's wringing his hands. Every... <laughs> yeah, dude, he's just like, ah, ah. And you know what? I totally, I, I get it. Okay, like he's stressed out for sure. But I mean, give him some, give him a little more room to breathe. You know, I mean, like I feel yeah. like he's just, he's just so he's he's overprotective and one dimensional to the point of being boring. When Resen was never supposed to be a boring character. Like you're supposed to be excited when Resan walks into a room. You're supposed yeah, he's to he's like Johnny Depp. He's like the devilish yeah, rogue. Yeah, you know? and he just it didn't now he's not, you know. He tans just, out a little bit in this. I, I want I want to know your opinion on this. Like do you think that this is a deliberate thing that Moss is doing that's gonna be revisited in later books? Or is this just another case of like now this is how this character is, and now we're gonna explore other characters? I think she has a tendency to be hyper focused on the characters that she's working on and all other characters kind of get sloughed to the side. And so what she does to make it appear like they're not getting sloughed to the side is she has them be working on one thing. Like there's like one book that um, Amarin is just trying to like solve this book that she's that's written in her own, own language. And she spends like the entire book just like trying to translate it, even though it's like her own language. So like, I don't know why she's trying to translate it. She's just rereading it, but whatever. And so she's just like, it's like, nope, this person's doing this now. Like Elaine is gardening. Yeah. <laughs> Resand like is overprotective. Yeah, yeah. He's just I being see. like, I'm protected. And then she like, can okay, cool. That person is actively engaged in something and people aren't like, what are they doing? Being worried. Cool. Now we can go on with Cassian and Nesta. It's fine that they've got something that they're focusing on, but there are moment to moment parts that you can deviate from that in different yeah. conversations and mannerisms and things like that. And it's like, you don't even stretch it that far. It's like a prop almost. It's like, we're just going to use Resand to yell at Nesta when this thing happens. Get her out of the city or before I kill her. It's like, yeah. Jesus, Resand? Like <laughs> and Feyre's like all mind talking. She's like, it's totally all right. Like, I really appreciate being told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> It's like texting <laughs> in the same room as somebody. Oh man. But yeah, they um I did really like the as much as it was kind of lame that Resend was like, I'm gonna rip her to pieces, get her out of my sight. Um, it was a really like meaningful chapter of like Cassian just like being willing to put in the work. You know, it probably wasn't fun for him to be trudging over mountains for seven days out there either. Um, four or five, I don't know how many days are out there, but he doesn't just shuts up and lets her come to the decision or the the conclusion that she needs to on her own without like forcing her to it, you know? Yeah. What's your opinion on Cassian and Nesta? I like them a lot. They work out really well for a while until I was allowed into Nesta's brain. You didn't I, see I didn't see it. I was like, Cassian, yeah. I don't care how beautiful she is. Your life will be miserable with this person. <laughs> like she's yeah. going to ruin your life. Your minute to minute will be terrible, but now I learned she was just like, she just thought she was worth nothing and she didn't deserve the love. And so it was like her protective mechanism to like, nope, I won't hurt anyone else if I don't become involved. I just need to keep everyone away from me. I'm the problem. And so she wasn't like, it was, it's not like a thing against them. It was a thing against her. I'm using this word really liberally right now, but um, like, I think that that's part of the, the fantasy of it, right? I mean, like you can kind of like self-insert a little bit with Nesta and we've all felt before like, we're not good enough for anybody. We've felt guilty. We've felt a lot of shame and things like that. And I think that w one thing that would be really cool in that situation is for 
anybody, but you know, in this case, a, a supermodel, like thousand year old, like warrior guy. But basically, you've got like this other person that's kind of like, no, I see something in you. I've got faith in you. I'm not going to give up on you. You know what I mean? And I think that's totally. I think that until you find out a lot more about Nesta and Cassian, it does feel a little bit like forced and it does feel a little bit like okay we're gonna take this cool idea and just paint these two people with it and just smash them together until it works yeah. out but I, th I think that it it ultimately does work out like nesta and cassian do make sense uh, right and like i, I almost think that's one of the book that's okay. <laughs> so yeah. towards the end of the book yeah i almost feel like that's one of the reasons why she created the bond because she's like, there's like no reason for these characters to like each other. So let's just like magic force it. You I know? know. And like, that's one of the reasons that I am not a big fan of faded mates and the, the yeah. mating and the bonds and everything is just it like. It removes the romance too. Yeah. Cause like, if there's any holes in the logic for anything, you can just like fill it. It's like, it's like magic love cement, you know? Right. And you just, you just like, <laughs> cake, you just like cake over all that and smooth it all out with like the bond, you know? Um, are Cassian and Nesta mates? Is that yes. a thing? Okay. It's okay. a thing. Yeah. It's like a thing very late. It's like Cassian was like, cause she's like, Nesta brings it up later. She's like, Hey, like, why aren't we? Cause they're talking about how Reese and Feyre are so like perfect for each other and how they're mates. And then Nesta was like, well, you probably like don't want to be with me because like, I'm not your mate. Right. And Cassian was like, hello McFly. <laughs> and then she was like, Oh, we are mates. And then like, they are actually like, mates in the literal and the metaphorical uh meaning of the word uh but it takes her a while to like figure it out and i don't know she kind of like loosens the definition a little bit that like you can maybe even control it all? i don't know it was it kind of i felt like the 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 mate waters got a bit muddied there with like if you like really decide to be with this person then they're definitely your mate so on the flip side of kind of like your initial feelings toward nesta what did you think about all the other characters' uh, behavior toward her when she was kind of down and out, like kind of, uh, I, I guess like rock bottom would be a good way to put it or yeah. whatever. Like, what did you think about the inner circle, the fellowship, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, what did you think about their behavior towards her? For a while, it was way too, like, why are we getting her like Christmas gifts? I don't know. I was just like annoyed with her. I didn't like her at all. She yeah, added okay. nothing and only removed. And so when they finally set her down and were like, hey, like we're paying for your tab that you've done for like 20 nights in a row over here. And you've just been like rinking us out of house and home. We're paying for everything. And you're like an embarrassment to the court. You're not even accepting us. You live in this like little apartment on the other side of town you're pushing everyone away i was kind of into it i was like yeah she's just milking it right now and sitting back doing what she did with the very beginning of this series where she was just like pissed off at everybody and everyone else is feeding her and she's just like sitting in there being like i'm cold it was like i, I didn't see like I, yourself, I like dude. super disagree with you there because it's like the way that that conversation kind of played out at least when i read it for the first time it was like they weren't even trying to get to the root of what was going on with her they were kind of just saying how it all affected them. You know, they were kind of like, you're an embarrassment to the court. What about all the money we're spending? You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But like, maybe you want to maybe dig into this situation a little well, bit. The whole like, like ask we about care how... about you angle wasn't working. So I feel like they had to come at it from yeah, a different maybe. one. 
but like what's that ever gonna work though i mean like if, if somebody was like really struggling with like everything that that nesta's struggling with and you came at them and you were just like look at all the money we've been spending i mean like they, <laughs> right. they, they'd be like i literally don't care at all about and it almost like kind of fed into the way that nesta was feeling about everything if anything they ostensibly want nesta to be part of the family but only if nesta acts the way that they want her to no i disagree with you and like only she's not like a total jerk which is totally like i don't need a friend that's like an a-hole every time we hang out either that's just like I guess gonna that's be true. but it's a know, family it's like, you know what i mean it's it's not buds they're family yeah that's you know? true but like you know like i could write still... off a friend maybe if he was just like every single time we hung out he was just a total wet blanket all constantly no matter right. how many times i had tried talking to him or whatever but it's like we've all had those friends <laughs> but it's like your sibling you know what i mean like you're like my brother yeah. Vaughn, like my brother Vaughn, like I, I will never write that, like write him out of my life. Right, I mean, like, I, I mean, never as, write him out of yeah, my life. Right. I mean, like as frustrating things. as he is and how, however much money I spend on him, you know what I mean? He would have to like, he would have to like literally like hurt another member of my family or right, right. close friends or, you know what I mean? Like really I just, cross I, I just line. thought the same thing. Like my, one of my sisters would have to like kill the other one in cold <laughs> blood or something like, for me to be like, all right, dude. Like what lines did Nesta cross besides just being shitty? The worst. You know? Yeah, but like, <laughs> how is that? Uh, you know what, you know what I'm trying to say? But, it's like, I mean, oh, I totally know what you're trying to say, but I think she needed some harsh love and it was like, Hey, listen, I'm not going to sit like you can destroy yourself on your own dime. It wasn't about the money. It was the fact that like we're enabling you to do this. And Maybe, it's like, we're not yeah. going to do that anymore. We're willing to provide you with everything that will help you. We're going to basically give you no choices because like to be dropped off in like the human lands, like cold and like, she's not even they wouldn't human have, anymore. They wouldn't have they really would, like, done that. Though. I don't think they would have. Yeah. yeah. I don't I think, think they would have. It makes sense that they're trying to like shake, shake her up a little bit. It's yeah. funny because like I I remember reading a lot of the discourse about this and there was it really seemed very polarized like some people some people were just like I don't know I I'd have no sympathy for her you know what I mean like she's played all they've they've given her every opportunity and then yeah. I was kind of on the other side like I just felt like they weren't approaching the situation with enough empathy. Dude, how you know? else they've approached her so many times and all she's done is just slapped him away, pushed him, pushed him, pushed yeah, him. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. Like she's been loved and that wasn't working. It's a pretty good sign of decent writing if we can have like this in depth of a conversation about a made up character. I mean, like really, true. like it's this situation a good point. is I mean, pretty well thought. I mean, it's not even that it's it's not even that it's well constructed it's realistically constructed you know i mean this, yeah. these feel like real issues that people would really be dealing with maybe they hit a little close to home for me because like i've dealt with this kind of thing in my family yeah. before where like somebody's just like not we're trying here the you problem. know what i mean like we're just like we're, we don't we don't know what else to do and I think a lot of people could relate to this, too, on both sides of that. Totally. And what I think would have helped me a little bit to be, like, more stalwart in my position of, like, she needed the hard love and they were doing what was for her best interest and kind of removing the enabling factor that they were providing for her would be to have, like, a pre-conversation with the group of them to be like, hey, guys, like, listen, um, we kind of need to manipulate her for her own good. So we're going to give her this ultimatum. Like, of course, we're not going to drop her off in the human land, but we're going to tell her that we are and we're going to remove her ability to just live on her own and keep drinking herself into death basically 
So yeah, I, I that would have helped me out. So I'm like, cool, their intentions are good, as opposed to just being like, you're a problem for us, and we need to clean you to clean up our acts. I see where you're coming from, but like, I just kind of took it like, like it was they were coming from a place of love for her. So, but I I don't know if that was super clear. <laughs> While we were talking about this, I just <laughs> typed in um, inner circle towards Nesta, like into <laughs> Google, and like a whole Reddit <laughs> thread came up. <laughs> And it's just like 300 people screaming at each other. Oh my God. <laughs> Reddit thread. Dude, it's funny. I don't even want to read my notes because they're really mean. The first like one third of them is just like, why is Cassian like her? Why does she? And like, yeah. and oh, the they, they're like very mean. And then I have like a paragraph that was like, okay, I was let inside of her brain and I realized how much she hates herself. And I didn't know the guilt that she was placing on herself. And it was from like a self-worth problem. I thought she just hated everyone else. It was like a them problem, not a her problem. She Once I learned that, she, she, yeah, she came around to me and I was like, okay, which was really good. I needed this for recovery of Nesta in my mind. And also a little bit of Sarah J. Moss's writing. Cause I was getting a little like, we're plateauing these characters. I need one to have some freaking growth. And there's a lot of it in this one. This one was the most meaningful book in my mind. Yeah. Um, like, how would you rank these? I'm curious. All five of them. I'm really curious. Oh, boy. Let's see here. Just give me like your like pure enjoyment. You know what I mean? Pure enjoyment. Okay. Yeah, okay. Pure enjoyment. Whatever Whatever that, that blanket term means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two, three. Oh, oh, wait. I'm going from worst. Okay. Worst uh, four, five, one, three, two interesting yeah i think two is my favorite three was my second favorite one but three and one very similar very like equal in my mind one because like one was just so classic and fun and new and fresh um but i mean you know it was not as exciting as that beauty and the beast retelling with a with a cooler ending exactly that's what i've told people before it's beauty and the beast with a cooler ending that's exactly what it is do you remember when like (laughs) half of the book was the plight and it was like you thought it was like a disease. No one was telling her. It was like, no, we've actually just. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah, that what was a lame weird. deceit. <laughs> I don't think that Sarah. We got this That's blight. Like, weird. no, we've just lost control of our leadership of our governance here. Like, <laughs> God, I wish we could get Sarah J. Moss on here so bad. That'd be so much fun. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. I want to do mine. I want to do my ranking. Oh yeah, give uh, me yours. Here. Um, so, so I, pure I think, enjoyment. Pure enjoyment. I think I would put three at the bottom. Like, what? That's really? interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I really don't like Wings of Ruin. I just, I can't. That is the grocery shopping book of all grocery shopping oh, books. Oh, yeah, but and it's going places. But yeah, they are. But it's just They're like, getting it's, things. it's just like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, it's such a mess. The ending is really cool, though. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, I kind of liked the mess. It was fun. And uh, exciting. I don't know. Though, I don't... for creatures that can winnow, they're constantly traveling. There's like chase scenes. It's like just just beam away. <laughs> nah, there's a got to be a reason why they can't. Yeah. Uh, but I think that maybe part of it was because I because I like two a lot. I think that like the relationship building um, part of Resand and Farah's thing was like really fun to read about, and that's why I like two so much. And then by the time you get into three, that takes such a backseat to a mess of a plot. Yeah, it's just like eh, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, so yeah, three's at the bottom, and then I think I would probably put one right above three, uh, because like first one's pretty good, like Akatar's fine, but like the you know, uh, so then it's your fourth, put, it's your yeah. fourth one, no, and okay. then and then I would probably put uh, Frost and Starlight like right in the middle at three, and that's the little right? novella, that's number four, yeah, right? It's the little yeah. novella, 
Really? Uh, you like that one more than the first one? Yeah, I do. Like, that book yeah. is like, if you like shopping I know, for but it's just, it's just, it's a, like, if I said pure enjoyment, not like, that's I just, true. That's true. And I it's liked, so short that it's I like, liked you the vibe check. I, I like the vibe check. Um, and there's some cool stuff in Frost and Starlight. Uh, like, well, there's like two cool stuff. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like and then, fights. <laughs> and then I would put Silver Flames at five. All right. Excuse me. I would put Silver Flames at the second spot personally uh and then i would put okay mist and fury at number one mist and fury is the best one in my opinion the second one yeah the second one in my opinion is the best book isn't uh, that what i said i said two three said, one i said I three two now. no i think i said two three one five four or three two one <laughs> i'm so sorry know. everybody listening right now <laughs> like you have, three or you, two is my favorite no i said three we... was my favorite i did say that i said three two yeah do you have the top one, two five, switched around then was maybe i think i think i like the one with the wreck of the plot where the plot is ridiculous and i think that's three where that ends with the and and it is it's a total mess like her plotting is not great (laughs) it's not even that it's not great it's that it's there's a lot of setup with with almost no payoff like people just get shit and there's not really any kind of like you know how like with a fight scene you really want a fight scene and a sex scene like they they should move stuff forward for the character a little bit you know what i mean right. and a lot of masses plot points do that but some of them don't and yeah. it's just kind of like what are we doing here right now right. like why okay so you went in you were kind of scared for a second but you got it and now you're back you know and it's like right. all right well then that's cool that you got it but like i don't know nothing really happened there at all like when so it, you kind of end up forgetting that that even happened, really, or and you forget like why it was so important, or yeah, you know, like, I don't even remember the stuff that Nesta needs to get in this book. I know, like, there's like a whole thing. There's the um, dread group or the the dire items. I'm not. That's not right. Someone's yelling at me. I'm sure right now, driving in their car, listening to this. Uh, but there's like these items that were the. There's like these magical items that were created by the cauldron. Um, and there's a group of them and they're like lost for all time or something. There's like a whole subplot in this book of like Nesta because she has like cauldron powers. She can like get this heart. Isn't the cauldron like broken? God, yeah. What's like the big bad in this book again? It's not Highburn. It's like this God. It's this death God thing that really wants this harp and like the crown. There's like a harp and a crown <laughs> and something else that they need to get. And she ends up finding the harp in the castle. Like it's in one of their own castles. And there's like the, one of the walls that you can like walk through and she like sees it and goes in there. And then it gets immediately like taken from them. That's why I keep comparing this to Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And Piccolo destroyed the moon. Cool. <laughs> and if you haven't watched Dragon Ball Z, you, you should watch Dragon Ball Z. Cause if you like Akatar, you would probably like it. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. And it's probably the other way around too. I really like Dragon Ball Z. So I really liked Akatar. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, I complain and I'll like rip, might the, rip these into these a few times here, but I really enjoyed them. Like after five books, I'm ready to kind of like move on, but I really enjoyed them fully. And like, I understand why she is so like vaunted as she is, you know, like you can't, go into the book community online without tripping over her name like a million times you know she's everywhere i'm like i mean i just watched all the marvel movies and like i mean there are parts in those movies where i'm just like why the hell oh time travel is just right we're just gonna figure that out right now then uh and so there's a lot of stuff like that in these books too but it's like it's fine sarah j moss is really good at doing the same thing that people that are writing marvel movies do and it's like 
Give us a clear avenue to the things that you've set us up to care about. All the other stuff is spectacle. All the other stuff is nice to have, and it's cool. It's immersive. These books would be nothing if not for Resan and Feyre and Asriel and Elaine and Cassian and Lucian and and Morg yeah, and Amran and like those conversations as cringy as they can kind of be sometimes she threw a vulgar gesture at him as she sent a sent a vulgar gesture down the bond i don't think i saw any vulgar gestures in this book actually yeah she probably i mean i'm sure moss doesn't pay attention to most of whatever criticism she gets online but i'm sure some of that seeped through and she was like okay <laughs> I yeah think i okay. can maybe take it back a little I think, you know, you mentioned like unearned things in these books and there's a few like she just OPs her characters like real fast. It's like all of a sudden Feyre goes from being like regular human person to just super powerful Fey master swordsman. Did she get sword powers for magic? No, she trained with Cassian for like six months and is now defeating twins that have been fighting for thousands of years. Like there's a scene where Feyre is fighting um, she's like in between these arches on the side of the mountain really cool scene actually and she kind of like goes down like takes one for the team so um, her friends can make it to the top of the mountain and complete the blood rite but it's like at one point it says she's taking on six warriors at the same time it's like she's been training for six months like I don't care how much of a savant she is or how hard she's been training she's not taking out six people at the same time that have been training for thousands of years just i don't believe that you know so what is it i'm 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 not trying to like armchair psychology psychology <laughs> right now or anything but like why is it so important to you that those things make sense like i'm it's i'm not trying to like because gotcha i've trained a lot any... of martial arts and i'm just like no Maybe, yeah okay <laughs> like... because like that stuff never really bothers me that much when it's like now they're extremely powerful i feel like if there's some kind of jump it happened off the page you know what I mean? At least that's what I always like, tell myself. Like, I don't be a know. Big jump. I mean, know? she is. She got transformed into like a a goddess, basically. So make it because of that. But like, it's always because of training, and it's I like, mean, it's no, like implied. you did not. It's implied that it's because of that. You know, there's like multiple moments where Feyre, at least Feyre, like notices the differences in her body. Yeah, but that just means she's at the same level. She has a fey body like the other phase that she's taking out now. So she's like, she's balanced, but so are they. It's like now everyone's a leopard. Cool. And she's like somehow super leopard. Yeah, she's just super good. Like, I don't know. It's like, no, she's not. <laughs> like, I don't know. You could I'm be like, the so best fine with it. savant <laughs> and the worst swords person, but the worst one training for 5,000 years is going to kick the ass of the savant who's been doing it for six months. Like, no. Yeah, I mean, it's the main character. Right. Uh, yeah, it's plot I know, armor. You know, it's it's and I get it, but like And it's exciting to set the stakes as high as possible to, yeah. so that when your characters overcome them, it's exciting. Cause like I mean, like Feyre is a Feyre and even Nesta to a, to a certain different extent. Like these characters are power fantasies, they're sex fantasies, they're yes. you know what I mean? They're they're comic book heroes. Totally. Like You're totally I right. mean, it's like when Batman beats up twelve people He's just a billionaire that learned karate for a couple of years. Yeah, but I mean, Batman like trained for a long time with Ra's al Ghul, like the master yeah, of assassins. And like, yeah, I know, not that long. You're yeah, right. but, like, I mean, that... I don't know. There's still like, and he gets his ass kicked a lot. Feyre gets beat up on, but not, she doesn't, it's not the same. <laughs> but dude, she does, dude, by book she never two, loses. She's like yeah. a master swords person. She's a master manipulator. Her spycraft, though, taking no spycraft like skills, like her only skill is like bow. 
prior to this she's like master at so many things and like able to out manipulate these creatures that have been alive for thousands of years. one other one before we move on from this yeah, another thing ahead, that i felt was just a little like ugh, like i get it her team needed to like get to the top of the mountain of the blood right but like it was like reese's and um cassian and i think Azriel's thing that they were one of like the few warriors to have ever even completed it to get to the top of the mountain these three people who have been inside like like gwyn hadn't been outside of the library for like years. And then she trains for six <laughs> months and then like does the blood right and like completes it. Her friend carries her up a mountain. Like it's just <laughs> like I couldn't kill it. No. <laughs> Would it be more interesting to you if they weren't able to do those things? Yeah. If, give me another mechanism. Give me something. Right. They made a yeah. friend with like an eagle that they saved or something. That eagle swoops in and like picks them up or something. I don't know. But just to like have them be like, no, they were actually tougher than all those people who have been training for thousands of years. It's just like, no, they're not. Like, yeah, they just did. Did you see how many squats they did? They were doing Valkyrie squats. Those are way different than regular squats. No, for sure. I can see why that's like annoying. Yeah. You know, it's like she was barely able to make it up the stairs like a week ago. And now she's crushing a mountain after slaying six. I feel like I just don't feel as in incredulous about it just because it's like all of this is already so ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't. Like the most realistic aspects of all of these books, in my opinion, are the way that these people are talking to each other and interacting uh, after the fact when certain information comes to light and things like that. And that's that. the you know driver I mean? of the story, which I had to keep reminding myself. Yeah, yeah. The, these aren't these books aren't like martial arts books. Right. Those the sprinkles on the donuts don't care about the sprinkles. Yeah, exactly. So that's like kind of how I look at it now. Like if I was reading something like like a Song of Ice and Fire or like something, like a Joe Abercrombie and, or something, or like um, or like the Poppy War, right? Right. Where like those books are like about combat and war and things like that, and that is what these books are about, kind of. But like that's not really what this shit's about right, like right. like what is it what's more important the fact that nesta completes the blood right nesta overcoming her own interpersonal problems is way more important than her realistically having a sword fight i and i <laughs> which is why i didn't like i'm just like when i start going then it really i just kind of like the ball gets momentum rolling but like i did remind myself like hundreds of times while reading like it's fine chad like don't like worry about it it's like i feel like you have to you have to like consider authorial intent now and then too totally totally and just be like so why was sarah j mass like writing these books like was she doing it to showcase a training process no like no you know like was she doing it to show a character overcoming the guilt that they were projecting onto their family members maybe you swim in your own guilt for so long the story that you're telling yourself is you you can't help but believe it the physical things she was going up against were just a manifestation of like the mental challenges that she was like overcoming it was right. like and those know. could have been anything and totally. um, could she have handled dragon. them better like maybe you know but uh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but I, whatever <laughs> and like you nailed it when you're like this is like a a sexual like superhero fantasy like yeah like it's just yeah. like whatever dude you know it doesn't matter <laughs> like it doesn't matter at all the things that matter matter and the things that don't matter don't, don't matter, matter. yeah know. like it's fine that this kelpie has never been seen before when they show up to it like of course they you know it's like you know but it does get a little there's just times so i'm like man wow well and also i mean it, i will i'm totally on your side about some of this kind of stuff like when you're watching characters do really stupid stuff it is kind of grating sometimes though because yeah. it's like why the hell but you're sitting there in your cozy bed eating Reese's cups 
<laughs> it's so easy for us to say. I mean, like when I'm reading, dumb. like yeah, like reading like Farsi or trilogy or something, like you know, fits. It's just like, bro, what are you doing? Like that was the dumbest possible thing you could have done. <laughs> yeah. But that character is not you. That's the whole totally. point of you reading it almost. It's and like, like there's definitely character. a bunch of people out there who are like, you're reading a book with dragons and wizards. Like what? And you're getting stuck, you know, and it's like, that's a fair point too, you know? It's yeah, like, but the truth is in the lie, you know? Yeah, like, very you, well said. Just because, just because you're reading a book about dragons and wizards doesn't mean there's nothing you can take out of it. I right. think that sometimes you just have to be kind of selective about what you get hung up on. You right. know, because it's like it's almost going to get to a point where it's detrimental to your experience reading it. You're you right. Know, it's like it's like if you're playing a video game, like what was it like the new God of War game? There was like a black character in the new God of War game. And I remember seeing a comment and somebody was like, Did you know that there weren't any black people in Norse mythology? Right. And somebody like pointed at Kratos, who is like the Greek God of War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, who else wasn't in North, yeah. Norse mythology? <laughs> This, this entire God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. It's so funny. Like, there's some stuff where it's just like, man, is that really the thing like, you that you're going to get hung up on? Earlier when you were like, if this was a book about swordsmanship, that would have been ridiculous and, and a story ruiner. But it wasn't. It was a book about overcoming challenges and interpersonal relationships and, like, love. Yeah. And it oh, was love. just... And love and it was just aided the story you know but like there is certainly a fine line that it's like okay i know your story isn't about this but this is ridiculous <laughs> and forced i'm kind of into it for the ridiculousness honestly that's like, why my like, the third book was my favorite yeah okay like, that's fair yeah <laughs> see and that's where i get hung up too because i'm just like i draw the line at plots that don't advance the character and it's just like well evan then you're gonna <laughs> sometimes there's just scenes that the characters really like there was a lot of like, there was just a lot of sex in this book, which I can find, but like, there was times that like, <laughs> there's a conversation between Cassian and Nesta where Cassian reveals that like your sister and her baby are probably going to die because she has like a winged child. And, like two sentences later, Nesta's like, I need you to take me on this ch I was like, yeah. oh, like we were just talking about your sister dying like, <laughs> like a minute ago. <laughs> it was like a weird switch sometimes i felt like she was just like and eh, sex scene like like whoa, whoa okay i thought we were talking about someone dying really close to you but i guess we'll do that now you know i know i kind of wonder sometimes about this book like was was masa's publisher just like look you know what's <laughs> selling these books right now yeah. like here's what you gotta do right like should you buy like a car or a house that she like didn't couldn't afford the mortgage on or it's like okay if you want to sell some books <laughs> oh i'm sure she can afford <laughs> oh i'm sure whatever she, can. she wants <laughs> yeah well i'm j okay i'm just gonna get my last like little nit well probably not my last but just another little oh, yeah, nit no this is, this just, is our this last is episode funny. so get them in get them this in. is just this is just funny so cassian the last winter solstice in the last book buys her a gift right he presents it to her to nesta and she scorns him, and in anger, he throws the gift <laughs> into the river. We don't know what the gift is at that time, though. In this book, he tells us what the gift is. It's the first book ever written down, like, by, like, Faye. <laughs> like, there's like, miniature Faye people, and they wrote, like, a miniature <laughs> tiny little doll book. It's like, it, it's a, it took him, like, half a year to track down. It's a priceless piece of history. And because he's pissed, he throws it into a river. He even mentions, like, it probably washed out to sea. Like, that's a 
priceless artifact that you just like because you didn't get your just love on you just threw it into the river oh like what a a ever like wow way to ruin a piece of history man it's like thousands of, i just laughed so hard oh i have a question for you so what did you think of this death bargain that reese and Farah have made with each other like the most well i won't tell you my opinion <laughs> on it but they decide in their just lovey oogly googly love that like one cannot survive without the other and so if when one dies the other will die magically like they set that up and make it a thing what are your thoughts that's like the big deal with Farah dying during childbirth is it'll also kill reese like all three of them will be wiped out by her dying and her baby you know i don't really have any thoughts on the bargain itself because that's none of my business. <laughs> that's between. If the person think, was ruling your country, I, I think I it's think a. It's I think it's more of a. Maybe it's like a tool to kind of like keep Resand and Feyre out of the next books. Oh, you know what I mean. Maybe like, so. Like maybe maybe Moss is just juggling so many characters at this point. Right, she's like, like, I need to lock a few down. Yeah, like, maybe in the next one, it's just like, all right, so they've got a kid, they've got this death bargain thing, they're done. Right. We got it, we got it, I can't keep giving them stuff. They've moved to a cabin in the mountains, and they're just painting together or something, and, like, we can't, like, they're on vacation or something, I don't know. Maybe that that sounds a little far-fetched, but, like... No, no, that makes sense to me. Like, the bargain is no sillier than, like, metachlorians deciding who you're supposed to love you oh know what I no mean? no like i didn't it's... think it was like silly in like the way that it works it was just a silly decision for them like reese is like the leader of a country but yeah. he like it was like that's <laughs> yeah. so irresponsible and so selfish. is Feyre. so is like, yeah like, they're like, it was the like the same rank to, technically yeah. and so short-sighted like what would happen if oh i don't know this exact situation that you're in happens like let's say you have a kid and dad goes off to war dies now mom dies and the kid has no parents because you guys like made this death pact because reasons love it's like what was the kids growing up without parents they just were like we're love each other i can't live without you so let's make sure that when one of us dies the other one just like auto dies too Dude, okay, this might sound like the least romantic thing I've ever said, but, like, I would never do that. Like, this, I mean, I'm sorry to, like... They live forever, too. (laughs) Like, maybe, I mean, would you do that? Like, I mean, I've I've been in love, y'all, and... um, Yeah. No. No. Like, no. No, Especially if I had, like, maybe kids and definitely, like, thousands of people depending on me for leadership. I would not make that bad. The death pact is like a hyper tattoo with her name on it, you know? Yeah, like I would never get somebody's name tattooed on me. Crazy crazy decision. I just want to talk about the blood right. This blood right thing that they do, I think every year. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. Okay, so the Illyrian warriors, like every year, uh, at like the end of their like however long training happens, they decide to like release them all. Normally they don't have weapons this time. Like when the death gods got involved, it's like littered weapons everywhere because like, yeah, it's like a murder fest. Like the goal is to survive the wilderness and each other and get to this mountain. And the winner is like the person who gets to the top of the mountain, even though that doesn't happen every year. Like it's pretty cool and pretty crazy high up to even get to the mountain. 
because not only are your fellow people trying to kill you, your your own soldiers, your own side, not only are they trying to kill you, but you're also in the mountains, in the wilderness with like no supplies. And also there are monsters that come out in the nighttime that pluck <laughs> Illyrian warriors out of uh, trees like apples, to quote. Uh, and there's just like, it's a bloodbath. It's stressed multiple times. Lots of people die. I mean, Nesta's troop, the three of them alone kill probably 15 people on their way to the mountain. And it's like, okay, the last thing that you do, so the, your soldiers are fully trained. They're like ready to go into combat for you now is you like put them in this big pit and have them kill each other. Like what percent, like maybe just like to first blood and then have them be magic winnowed out of there. It's like, how many warriors are you losing to this blood right every year? Not to mention destroying the trust between them because they're backstabbing each other, trying to get to this stupid mountain and like being killed by monsters because you put them on the side of a mountain without a dagger or like clothes and stuff. We got to have consequences, man. We got to drum up some conflict. Here. Yeah, they're like, dude, yeah. we would have like four times the size of our army if we just didn't let them like slaughter each other every year. In this, but how would we know right which thing. ones are the best ones? Okay, and like, is like the ability to go through like a five day, like, you really think the difference between like going through this five day one time event is like the difference between like a good soldier and a bad soldier? Like, not probably not learning that much. I think we needed a uh, we needed a cap to uh, the training arc. Yeah, know? yeah, that's true. But man, they they just like needlessly kill a lot. I feel like they would have a lot more warriors if they didn't allow them to just kill each other so much. This is gonna be my last little dig into this, and then we're gonna wrap this up. But um, I think Moss, and you know what? Credit to her because uh, she's doing this for her. You know, she seems yeah. to really enjoy writing these things. And the money that she makes seems to be a really yeah, cool I mean, perk. she can laugh at me all Dude. the way to the bank, you know? I mean, I'm just saying, like, she obviously wrote the books that she wanted to write. Maybe there was a little bit of cajoling from the publisher, but I have a feeling most of this was Moss's call. And oh, I think yeah. that Sarah J. Moss just thinks something would be cool and then just does it. Yep. And then if there's if there's stuff that just doesn't make sense about it, it just doesn't... It's fine. Like, it doesn't it's matter. Just, and you know what? Um... I think that's pretty admirable, honestly. Like, yeah. you're never going to make anything perfect, so you might as well make something you like. And obviously, Moss was happy enough with this to publish it, and she thought it was cool, and it is cool. There's a lot of really redeeming qualities to this entire series. Like I've said before, and I've, I've said on a, a few of these episodes, um, and I, was just, I just really believe this, some of the stuff in these books is just dumb. Like, just dumb. it's just... I feel like it's padding, almost... Yeah. Like I feel like this entire all five of these books could have been 100 pages shorter. Oh, like, yeah. This entire series could have been 500 pages shorter. Court of Frost and Starlight like lifts right out. You don't need it at all. Yep. Even though I like it personally. You could have taken out the whole like dance to get but an ally thing. I mean, but but there's no rules, man. Like there's no rules right. to any of this shit. Like you don't like there's no there's nothing saying this is how long your fantasy romance needs to be. There's nothing saying like every single one of these plot points needs to bleed into each other perfectly or else you don't have a good book. You know, it's right. such a good example of like, there's so many different things that go into making a good story. There's so many and, different things that make something entertaining and you don't need to hit every single one of those. Right. For it and to good be... story is not equal across all people. You know, totally, it's like yeah. I've meeting so like many this people that hate dance thing books. was like, dumb. And I bet you there's a, ton of people out there was like that is like my childhood dream to be totally, able to like save an yeah. empire by dancing so good like you know so it's like more power to you 
and there's always going to be a-holes like me who are like nesta said the sentence she knew time would resume soon like okay if time is stopped she can't use words like soon because that implies what is that even you know it's oh like that's God. not a sentence you know but oh like whatever <laughs> get yeah, over it uh, me i don't know i've talked to quite a few people that hate these books and uh yeah i don't know they're not my people... favorite they're not my favorite in the whole world but uh i enjoyed my time with them so that's good yeah. enough for me whatever and i enjoyed talking to you about these this was fun yes this dude was, don't go time. into everything like it's an opera or like it's like tchaikovsky's ninth you know it's like it, everything doesn't have to be put under the like prose glass like telescope of like making sure like is this stand up next to classic works of literature like no did a million people enjoy it absolutely like i said i'm kind of stoked that we're done with it me too uh, and i don't know if we're <laughs> gonna do throne of glass on here or not i would be pretty down to do crescent city once that third book comes out that'd probably be cool throne of glass is a lot it's eight books and wow i just don't know if i really want to do it um, yeah that's a I, lot i might read throne of glass by myself and make tiktok videos about it or whatever or i might i don't know they're the ones maybe, with beautiful maybe, covers aren't they yeah, yeah they're, they're cool Maybe bringing a guest in for Throne of Glass would be cool too. Like, oh yeah, like having having a woman in here would be really really. I neat. was just gonna like, say, would your partner be interested in doing that? Like, with like maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. Use, yeah, would yeah, like we could all read them together or something. I don't know, but bringing um, somebody else, bringing another, uh, bringing some different lived experience up in here would probably <laughs> be a good idea. Because like I'm over here, I like think, no I way, think, she's taking out six guys. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that the like you and me talking about these books is cool uh, i think we did a pretty good job at making sure we it wasn't just like the hokey like oh this is a series that women usually read and we're dudes and right. like i tried gonna, hard not I, to be like chuckling about like sex stuff like no yeah, i wanted I mean, to take them seriously but i am gonna like run through the filter of like what i look right. for in books and some things i find ridiculous i think it'd probably be a good probably a good idea to bring uh, somebody else on here at some point with some different series and stuff like that and that's something we can talk about um, mm -hmm. and if you're listening to this right now let us know what your thoughts on that these these books are really important to some people you yeah. know what I mean so like everybody listening like I, I hope that Chad and I did a decent enough job at like taking how seriously you take these books seriously you know um, these are incredibly cathartic books for a lot of people these these books came at a really good point in a lot of people's lives and they you know they're not my favorite thing i've ever read i'm sure they're not chad's favorite thing he's ever read but both of us totally understand just how important they are to people you know right and, so, and i bet you a lot of people like kind of related to some of the you know obviously they haven't been transformed into a different race via magic cauldron but like people have experienced a lot of trauma and they deal with it in different ways and i feel like a lot of the actions within these books are relatable and can be learned from actually and we're represented fairly well yeah, absolutely. And there's hot people doing hot people stuff. Hot people which, doing uh, hot people stuff. I loaned I'll, I'll uh never get sick of that. No, I loaned <laughs> Akatar to a good friend of mine um a couple months ago. And I was curious to see if she was gonna be like, This book's plot was a little iffy. Um and she was just just over the moon about it. Yeah, she totally. loved it. I had a great time talking with her about it because it was like nice to get, you know, it was, it was just nice to hear her perspective because she was, she's a romantic and she was just like, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally. was like, okay, cool. Yeah. These books are shamelessly romantic. Yes. 
I yes. think that's a good that's a good way to put it. Um, they are shamelessly but, romantic. But everybody, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this little journey through Akatar. It's been it's been cool. Uh, it's been nice it personally been for me to kind of like revisit some of these characters in these situations or stuff that I forgot about, and I was like, oh my god, that was so cool, or oh my god, that was so dumb, or <laughs> this was my uh, first like, like romance focused series uh and i think it was a really good place to start with the genre like it was yeah. and it wasn't i was like delightfully surprised on how much romance it wasn't like it's a lot of romance but like i don't know there's like a lot of action and like getting stuff and too. like, yeah, like platonic it, relationships was, in here yeah. too right like I mean, yeah it was just very good well everybody thank you so much for joining us on our akatar journey uh we will probably be back with akatar number six at some point i'm gonna read uh, it we're gonna read it. I'll probably buy it the in. day it comes out. Yeah, <laughs> we're dude. committed now. Uh, but yeah, it's been really great having all of you along with us. Uh, go ahead, and you can obviously keep the conversation going in the chat in our Discord. Uh, we do have a Patreon if you wanted to help us out with that. It really, really contributes quite a bit to mine and Chad's ability to keep doing this. And uh, yeah, Chad, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you a cheers real quick. It's uh, to the stars who listen and to the dreams that are answered beautiful <laughs> oh boy um, what a poetic thank you so much, way everybody, everybody thank you've you guys. been you've been awesome uh we are gonna go but uh yeah hope you all have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody